Welcome back to the Breakthrough Podcast with Danny Anderson. Hey, hey. This is great. Hey, we are so excited to be back with you today. And today we're going to tackle the topic of discontent. Mm. That's an interesting one to jump into. Why are we looking at discontent today? That is a great question. Discontent, discontentment. What does it mean? Mm-hmm. Why do we? Why would we talk about it? There's a great quote uh, from Thomas Edison uh, that really I think helps to explain why we would talk about this. He said, "Restlessness is discontent, mm. and discontent is the first necessity to progress." Show me a thoroughly satisfied man, and I will show you a failure. Oh, yeah, that's a big. That's a heavy one. I can see that a lot of people need the breakthrough in in discontent, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to uh, kind of even to unpack like what it is and and how we can even identify that we have it. That's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a it's kind of a um, for me discontent seems like something you don't want to have. It seems negative. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. But it's actually a really positive thing. Um, I think that. The purpose or the, the the power of being discontent is that it produces urgency to change, yeah. and and that creates you know uh, the progress you know that that power that strength and urgency uh, to make changes in our life to have a breakthrough mm-hmm. in our life mm-hmm. and so you know Thomas Edison obviously thrived on that you know he you know invented the light bulb you know he right. was driven to create change and to make progress uh, and I think that's true of all great progress in any civilization. There's this discontentment with current reality, mm-hmm. whether it's mm-hmm. the, the way mail is delivered or the way, you know, dirt roads or, 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 you know, hospitals, you know, these things come about because someone is discontent with the way things are right now. And so they drive, they drive their behavior, you know, that drives them to make changes in their life. So, yeah. uh, or in the culture or in the country or wherever. So there's a great story, um, by Jim Rome that if you if you google it you could just type in girl scout story <laughs> and it's it hits perfect and if you don't know who Jim Rome is he's the he was the guru of personal development before Tony Robbins yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and essentially the story goes like this he says one day you know he gets a knock on the door he's 26 years old mm-hmm. he's got a couple of kids he's got a job he's been working as a professional for 6 years yeah and this uh, that he opens the door and there's this little girl she's selling girl scout cookies okay and uh, he says you know how much? And she says $2. And he reaches into his pocket and he doesn't have $2. <laughs> and he's just this, this, he has this moment of like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And he's like, I know, I'll lie. <laughs> so, so he tells this little girl, uh, hey, a couple days ago, this other Girl Scout was here and I bought a bunch of cookies from her and we're all stocked up and we don't need any. And the girl's like, okay. And so she walks away. And then he has this moment where he just comes to this realization like, I cannot believe I just lied to a Girl Scout. How low do you have to go to lie to a Girl Scout? And so he, he makes this statement when he tells the story. He says, I don't want to be like, I don't want to live like this anymore. Mm. This will never happen to me again. And because he was 26, he'd been working yeah. for six years and, and he didn't have any money. And uh. so from that point forward, he said his whole life changed. He started to study personal development. He got a, you know, a, a coach. Uh, and six, or, six years later, he was a millionaire. It's an amazing story. And so that, that I'd never forget that because that, that shows you the power of what discontentment can do in your life. Yeah, that really helps me because when I think of discontentment, I think of uh, like a child who doesn't get what they want. The ice cream truck goes right. by and 
they're pitching a fit and they didn't right. get what they want. And or, that is, that is discontentment. Mm-hmm, it's a form mm-hmm. of it. It's a childish form of it, but. Yeah. So it's, it hits me as a negative, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. what you're saying is we can reframe that to something that is not only positive, but motivating. Essential. I mean, it's absolutely essential, essential, to, essential. to making progress in your life, in yeah. your marriage, in your finances, right? In your relationship with God, your spiritual life, uh, your work, your career, you yeah. know, if you if you're yeah. content, you know, with where things are, you're not going to be motivated to make any sort of changes or adjustments to 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 make things better. Right. So, right. You know, there's a great story in the Bible, um, and I shared this in a sermon I did a couple of years ago in mm-hmm. a series uh, called Breakthrough, yeah. which is where this yeah. podcast came from. Yeah. Uh, it's a story of Nehemiah, and I'm not going to tell the whole story, but essentially the gist of it is um, Nehemiah is serving this king, uh, mm-hmm. and he's the cupbearer for King Xerxes, and mm-hmm. some people come from his hometown of Jerusalem, and they tell him, hey, Jerusalem's in terrible shape. You know, the walls are broken down, the city is burning, and he is crushed because mm. Jerusalem's supposed to be this light to the world. And yeah. it's, you know, they're supposed to show the rest of the world how to live under God's rule and and to all humanity. And instead, the city is a disgrace. It's, you know, it's not guarded, it's not protected, it has no defense. Mm-hmm. And so he, in verse four of chapter one, it says, When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, I fasted, and I prayed to the God of heaven. And he, you could just almost feel this dis, this raging discontent or disgust for the yes. condition of Jerusalem. Yeah. Well, that drives him to you know pr- to go to the king and say, "Hey, I want to go back home." And and the rest of the story is you know in fifty two days they rebuild the walls right. around Jerusalem. Right. And there's this amazing you know turnaround for the city. Well, where did that come from? It came from this deep, deep discontent, uh, yeah. discontentment or disgust with current reality. I do like it in the series that you use the word disgust because mm-hmm. that also helps uh, uh, bridge the gap there for me that um, it's just a, this isn't going to be this way anymore. Right. This is that that discontentment. So um, I love the story of Nehemiah. I love that's That is inspiring for uh, Christians that it, to keep going, to to lean into the things that are just um, just pounding on you and giving you that discontentment and disgust. But how do we practically walk that out, like mm-hmm. in this day and age? Yeah, like what do we say to the person who's like, "Well, I'm not, I'm not discontent. I'm not disgusted. Yeah. Like, what do I do?" I would say a couple of things. I'd say first of all, if you really want to get to that spot where mm-hmm. you're fed up. And that's yeah. really what we're talking about. Yeah. I'm done with this. Right. You have to get honest with yourself. You have right. to get real about what's actually happening in your marriage, with your finances, mm-hmm. um, with your relationship with your children, the condition of your house, whatever, yeah. you know, the, the level of income that you're making. Like get honest with yourself. We, we tend to, to live in different stages of denial. Yes. It's like, well, it's not that bad. And right. my marriage isn't as bad as theirs or my finances are not as out of order as hers is. And and we kind of justify, you know, our current reality. And right. then we settle in and, and honestly, we become okay with it. Now, what's interesting is that people complain all the time about their current reality, mm-hmm. but really down deep, they're kind of okay with it. 
And what proves it is that they all they do is complain. They never take action. They never move. They yeah. never move. They never mm-hmm. do anything. They never, you know, get a uh, take a course or, or or read a book or or get a counselor or whatever. Right. And and their lack of action shows that yeah, at the end of the day, I'm still kind of okay with how things are. Yeah. You know, even though they whine and complain about it. And so what we have to start doing is get honest with ourselves and say, no, you know, my marriage is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> we, it's, it's, it's not in a good spot. So we've got right. to get, you know, a counselor or my financial life is completely out of order. Right. And, and it's, it's, I'm not just going to justify it anymore by saying, well, everybody's got credit card debt or everybody, no, you mm. know, my, my, my sister's not on a budget. Why do I have to get on a budget? Or, right. And it's just, it's, it's justifications and it's excuses really what is what it is. And so I remember uh, many years ago, we did a conference for youth ministry. We, we brought in a uh, speaker to, to lead this conference mm-hmm. and it was a small mm-hmm. group conference to kind of transition your youth group. Uh, into a small group ministry, and um, and, and the guy was great. Uh, his his name was Ted Stump, fantastic guy. Um, and at one point, he looked at my wife and I, and he started asking questions about our finances, hmm. which he was not there not to, to there talk about my finances. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he felt comfortable enough to step through that door. I was like, okay. <laughs> and and because at that particular time, Jackie and I had we just bought a new house. You know, yeah. our first house. We actually built it. And it's a three-bedroom, two-bathroom house for you know new little house for our family, and we had just bought a new car, and he's oh, this older, wiser gentleman, and he's putting the numbers together. He knows youth pastors don't you know don't exactly rake it in, right? <laughs> and so he, he he starts to make statements like, "I think you guys are in over your head." Oh gosh! How much is your car payment? How much is your house payment? What's your student loan? <sighs> and man, my first of all, I was. Definitely defensive sure, at first, you know, sure. but then I, I kind of let my, my walls down a little bit and um, I started to tell him the information he was wanting and he started to share with me that that was, my percentages were way off and mm-hmm. if I kept going the path I was going down, mm-hmm. I was going to be in some serious, serious debt and I already was in debt. Um, and, but my first reaction was everybody else is doing this. Yeah. Like I'm fine. I'm like, fine. have you seen my car? Have you seen my house? Like, we're not struggling. Right. And I was in denial. Mm. And he told me to look up Dave Ramsey. I had no idea that was at that <laughs> time. And and I started to learn and I started to really see we were not fine. Mm-hmm. We were on a bad, we had poor habits. We were not on a budget. Mm-hmm. Um, we, were, mm-hmm. we overextended ourselves. We had student loans. Um, and so I got honest with myself. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, man, if we keep going down this road, we're going to be in trouble. Yeah. It's not always easy to be honest with yourself. I love that you said that you were in denial for part of that time. And I love that you pulled some, that somebody stepped in and then you listened to what they were. Yeah, but, didn't exactly invite him in. No, no. You know, it, what's true about us is that we don't change until the pain of staying the same Absolutely. exceeds the pain of change. You know, we're comfortable. And as long as as long as it doesn't hurt that bad, we're not gonna, you know, right. pay the price to break to get ourselves on a budget or to lose the weight or to do whatever, you know, right. get our child under under control. Right. It's too high of a price. So we justify ourselves. That's not that bad. Mm-hmm. So we gotta get honest. Well, and I mean you've told us before that if if you want to have that breakthrough that you've got to get to that point where mm-hmm. you've had enough. Mm-hmm. And that breakthrough um talk that you did which 
listeners can go to eclife.org and look in our archives and watch the whole talk on YouTube. But that um, that was really powerful, that disgust piece, mm. uh, changing that word to a motivator and just saying, like, I'm not going to tolerate this anymore mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. What's another practical step you can give us as we're moving forward? In yeah, that? something else that will help to generate some of that uh, that discontent is something I learned from Henry Cloud in mm. his book, Nine Things You Simply Must Do, which is a really good book um, just to improve your life and, and, and have, have a breakthrough. He, he calls it play the movie. It's the principle of playing the movie, which essentially what, what he talked about is, you know, if you continue to do what you're currently doing, mm-hmm. how does it end? How does mm-hmm. the story end? Like play, every story has an end. The movie has an end. Well, what's it look like if you continue to, with those financial choices you're making, what's, what's it look like in 20 years? If you continue with those health and fitness choices, what's it look like in 20 years? If you continue talking to your spouse, the way you talk to your spouse, yeah, right. Or you, if you continue with the rhythms that you have in your marriage right now, what does that marriage look like in 10 years? It's going to look like something, right? Play and so forward. play the movie. And, and what that does is that generates a, an urgency. It's like, wow, if I keep doing this 10 years from now, I'm going to be, I might be dead. Right. My marriage might be dissolved. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I might be filing bankruptcy if yeah. I keep spending the way I'm spending or whatever. And that triggers that sobriety or, or, or it helps you to actually, honestly, to get honest. Yeah. Um, I, I ran into a, a, a lady the other day at a basketball game and I hardly recognized her. And um, she, she walked up to me and, and, and I was like, oh, hi, her, her name was Julie. And, um, and I said, wow, you've lost a lot of weight. And she literally lost like almost, I think like 50 pounds or 60 pounds. Mm. And, uh, and so she, yeah, you know, I, I finally decided, you know, it was time. And, yeah. and I, my first question was what triggered it? Yeah. What happened? What was the, cause, cause it's, I've known this lady for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you know what? My, I went to the doctor, I've got diabetes. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, if you keep doing this, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. I still have, I was taking pills and, um, she said, I made a change. I played, you know, she didn't say I played the movie, but I'm thinking, sure. you played the movie. You played the movie, yeah. <laughs> and so then she told me, I'm off my diabetes medication. Aww. And she started talking about it. And she looked great, you know, and it was like, good for you. And I just yeah. gave her a hug. And, and that's, that's what people need to do. They need to play the movie out. And, and do they like the way it ends? Yeah. Okay. I have a question for you about that before we keep going. So when you were with your finances and um, someone had stepped in and helped you and had talked to you about it, then you started playing the movie forward on that. Did you feel like that made the day-to-day decisions um, that you wanted to see change way out here where the movie was, but how did it help you with your day-to-day decisions? Because sometimes those first steps, even though you're disgusted and you have discontent with your finances, not going to the movies and spending $50 on for a date night, uh, sometimes it's like, huh, do I really want to make that trade? Is it is it really going to make that big of a difference 10 years out? Well, well it's all an accumulation factor, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you're, you're, I, what, what, what I was able to see was it was the small financial decisions I was making on a weekly basis that was slowly digging our family into a bigger, deeper hole. Gotcha. And, um, and so it works the other way as well. Right. You know, when you start to think about this future 10 years out where you're out of debt, 
mm-hmm. and you've paid all, you've got, you're saving 15% of your income mm-hmm. and, you know, you're working towards paying off your house and, and you're able to give more, more money away. That was the vision that Dave Ramsey helped us to create. Well, how do we get there? Right. Well, it was the, the same daily decisions or weekly decisions, just reverse, yeah. you know, spending less than you make, okay. sticking to that budget, you know, um, tithing 10% of our income, those, mm-hmm. those weekly mm-hmm. monthly decisions over five years, over 10 years, they accumulate. And that, that is the principle that we don't necessarily like because we want immediate change. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it right. doesn't work that way. No. It's always a slow journey. And so it works the same way with marriage or with parenting. It's the small daily decisions that we repeat over and over and over that start to you know become a mountain of good. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. That's helpful. And I think that's encouraging too. So once you're out a little bit, then you can see the vision for mm-hmm. what's about to come. Mm-hmm. And then making those choices step by step. And I think that sometimes those first steps are really the hardest yeah. for people because I know Dave Ramsey uses the term snowball, but also just the just to get something moving in the right direction when you feel discontent, um, that could be a small victory yeah. to move. Okay, what's our next practical? Yeah, so the last thing I'll say to this is just to keep the vision clear of, of, of what you want to see. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I try to talk about this as much as I can. And, and really what we're talking about is in the end, the end game, what, where do you want to end up? You yeah. know, what do you, what's the final you know, yeah. so it's kind of like playing playing the movie, but it's it's a t- intentionally creating the the future picture, right? Of you know, twenty five years from now, you're a granddad, you're a grandma. What does that look like? Yeah, relationally, financially, what are you doing? What are you? How are you? How are you blessing your family? Mm-hmm. Are you taking them all on vacation? Are you paying for all of it? Right? Wow, yeah. Are you flying everybody to you know to a, a cruise? Like, okay, great. If that's what you want, and these gigantic family gatherings where everyone loves each other, right. and they're all hugging and kissing, if that's what you want as a grandparent, great. Now, again, what what do I have to do today to make that happen? Right. And that's the power of keeping the vision. You know, people say, you've heard it said, vision is a picture of the future that produces passion. Absolutely. I also think it's true that vision is a picture of the future that produces productive discontent. Productive discontent. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I chose those words very carefully. Yeah. Um, what do I mean by productive discontent? Well, th- it's this urgency inside of me that if that's what I want to see in the future, if I want to retire, you know, independently wealthy or whatever the, the, the vision is, then then I have to get moving right now right. towards that end. It's not just going to happen. And so you have to keep that vision clear because here's what's true about any any type of breakthrough or right now we're in a series called Upgrade, you know, yeah. any type of upgrade or breakthrough, there's opposition for sure. There's, it's always, it's never easy. You try to improve your marriage, it's difficult. You try to, you get your finances in order, there's there, a bill, uh, an unforeseen bill comes up, right. you know, um, right. the, the card needs a new whatever alternator. And it's like, man, just when we were about to make progress, this happens. Yeah. There's always opposition. And even in the story of Nehemiah, you know, he goes back to rebuild the walls and what happens? You know, Sanballat yeah. and Tobiah, mm-hmm. you know, come up and they 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 try to fight him. They lie to him. They try to kill him. They I mean, they, it's it's that way with all breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. And so, what? Where are we going to find the energy 
and the perseverance to push through and overcome those those oppositions. Right. You know, sometimes it's internally as yeah. well, not just externally. Sometimes it's our own voice saying to us, well, you're not that good. Yeah, you don't deserve this or you're yeah. not smart enough to do this or you don't have what it takes or you don't have enough experience or you don't have right. enough education and on and on and on, right? You hear those voices yes. in your head yes. and, and if you don't have this this deep driving discontent, you're gonna you're gonna be distracted. You might you might you know taking taking off your game. You might oh, believe sure. those voices. You might give in to the opposition, uh, and then and then you stop pushing. Mm-hmm. You stop pushing for that better marriage. Mm-hmm. You stop pushing for the better financial situation or better career, or better you know making more income or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and so that's the power of keeping the vision out front. It produces that productive discontent. One of the things that you've taught us on staff, uh, too, is that it's it's good to have the vision of what you want out there, but also to have the vision of what you don't want mm-hmm, out there mm-hmm. as well. And uh, you're really good at this. I'm not really good at this. <laughs> Watching what um, you want or you don't want that you've seen other people do, not comparison in a bad way, sure. but like... But you can learn I don't from want to the, go that Yeah, path. you can learn from the mistakes of others. I'm, I mean, that's that's a key, um, I don't know, idea that I you know I sure. use I use in my life, and and that part it, that is part of the vision as well. Like it's also it's not just a picture of what I want. Yeah, it's a picture of what I don't want. Yeah, and there are all you have to do is look around, right? <laughs> take a quick peek around right. the people in your life for examples to see of of you know pain, yeah. hurt. Poor, where poor, what poor choices lead to, whether that's a divorce or a bankruptcy or suicide or whatever, yeah. and and you see that, and I'm I'm always looking for those things. I don't even have to look very far, even in in, right. in pastoral ministry. That's what you and I both do. We're both mm-hmm. pastors, and you know there are pastors who wreck their marriages. Sure, there are pastors who commit suicide. Yeah, there are pastors who mess up their lives financially. Yeah. I mean, there's story after story after story. There are pastors who give in to the addiction to alcohol or pills. Um, and, and we know those stories and we're like, man, yeah. I don't want that to happen to, to me. Right. So today, what do I have to do to make sure that my marriage is solid yeah. and I'm not being fooled into you know, chasing after uh, something that's going to you know, crush my life, some sort right. of addiction or substance. And so that keeps me on my toes because I know, you know, that can happen to you. That can happen to me. All of us. Just like the Any next person. Yeah. No one's above that, right? So, right. Um, absolutely. I try to use the examples of others who've gone down the wrong path to, to, to create that discontent inside of me to stay on track. And would you say that that disgust or that discontent um, has been what gives you the energy, what keeps you running toward that vision? A hundred percent. I mean, That's that, good. that really is. And, and, um, you, you know, better than anybody else, you know, we have a vision here at the church out front, sure. you know, we want to reach over 10,000 people we and, and, and you know, launch more campuses. And that, that, that vision naturally creates a productive discontent. We right. are working every right. day to reach that, that goal. And it's a positive thing, you know? And yeah. so, uh, Yes, I, I think it, it, it creates the energy and the drive. So um, just to play uh, the other side of this, um, when I think as a mom 
of discontent or as a friend of someone who is discontent. We had talked earlier about the the complaining or the whining, mm-hmm. depending on how it's presented. But um, it doesn't feel like as a Christ follower, and I know not everybody who listens is a Christ follower, that that's like, it feels like I should be content. Mm-hmm. It feels like mm-hmm. that's what um, I've read, what's been preached to us, that that we should find contentment in um, wherever station we're at in life, whatever uh, position we have or whatever we've worked for, be content in that. Right. And how does that marry up with what we're talking about today? That's a great question. Um, the Bible does say to be content. It, sure. It says yeah. that. And I believe that with all my heart. And I'll, try, I'll do my best to try to... Um, explain what I think the differences are. I think okay. there's a there's a, a contentment that the Bible speaks to on the inside. You know, Jesus said, I'm the living water. Mm-hmm. I'm the bread of life. Mm-hmm. You know, come to me and you'll never thirst again. Yeah. I mean, he just said that. So what I believe that when when it comes to spiritual, your, your soul, that we are to be content with God and okay. that we should not be always in a situation where we're coveting things or more money um, because we're dissatisfied at the soul level. Mm. That, that is idolatry, and I think that ruins, ruins the soul. Um, you can never satisfy a spiritual thirst with something physical. Okay. So, okay. so I believe we are to be content with God in, in a relationship with God. Uh, however, the, in, we live in a world where uh, there are things that are just not right. We yeah. look around and we see injustice. We see things that shouldn't be happening, yeah. and and they need to be put right. And and it's that it's that discontentment that we we see that mm-hmm. that that God has. Like God has a will. Like He said, you know, I want you to fulfill my plans on earth as they're done in heaven. Like that's the prayer we've been given, right? Your will yes. be done yes. on earth as it is in heaven. Well, God's will is not always done here. You know, people yeah. do bad things and things are out of order. And so part of our job is to look at what's not right or what's out of order and put it right mm. and make it right. Mm. And sometimes that's personal. Sometimes that's our finances. Yeah. Sometimes that's our marriage. Sometimes that's our, our sexuality. Sometimes that's our parenting. And sometimes it's something in the world that we see. Yeah. You know, think of Martin Luther King Jr. We just celebrated yeah. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. He was driven by this vision of what should be and could be. He was totally driven by discontent Mm. to see equality, right? Right, Uh, Racially, racial equality. And he he did an incredible job doing it, changed our country. And so, you know, that's that's a different idea than than being spiritually content with God. Um, And so I don't know if that helps to answer that question. It does. It throws me back to the productive discontent, Mm -hmm. especially when I think about, um, that's a great example, Martin Luther King Jr., that um, that was entirely productive discontent that moved our nation. To to put something right that was wrong. And we're still in the process of doing that today. Yes. And when you look at all of our society, even practical stuff like turning dirt roads into paved roads or, right, you know, right. you look at how did we get the post office, you know, yeah. the, the, the system of mail. Well, someone is like discontent with the way it was. Like, we got to fix this, you know, or the, yeah. or the highway system across America. You know, it's like someone was discontent with the way things were, you know, and even airplanes, you know, mm-hmm. just, just mm-hmm. someone was dis- the Wright brothers and others were discontent with, with not being able to fly, 
And yeah. they worked and worked and worked and worked until they figured it out. This is what it is to be human, yeah. you know, to, to, to fix things and make things better. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Um, well, we're almost at the end of our time yeah. today again. It's fun. And this has been a good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as we leave, uh, do you have any final thoughts for us on this discontent, disgust? I do, and it's just it's something I've already said, and I'm constantly trying to do this for myself. It starts with getting honest. Just take some time, our, our listeners, take some time to get by yourself and maybe include another person mm-hmm. and really tell the truth to yourself mm-hmm. about what's happening in your finances, in your marriage, if you're married, in your, if you're single, in your relationships, mm. friendships. Be honest about what's actually happening yeah. because if you don't start there, you're going to be in denial and you're going to justify it and you're going to end up being okay with current reality and things won't change. Mm. So that's where I would tell people to start is, is getting honest. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, taking time with us today. And we mentioned several times a talk called The Breakthrough uh, Talk, and you can find that on YouTube. You can go to eclife.org for a quick way to get there. Um, We love being with you every month. We hope you come back next month. If you have a friend that needs to hear this, please share it with him or her if they're in the middle of a season of discontent. And as always, we'd love to get your reviews and for you to Uh, give us some stars and we will be back with you next month see you later see you later